What is up, rugby fans? Welcome back to another episode of the SAF Pod. It's a nervous week for Bok fans as we prepare for the Box to take on the hosts, France, in one of four quarterfinals. Before we discuss that, I'd like to welcome in my good friend, Keegan Hall. Steaks, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I feel like we had a, you know, after all those weekends of rugby talk and, you know, supporting the game, I think we deserved a little bit of a break along with the, alongside the spring box, you know, we, we hard working on this podcast and uh, guys, you know, doesn't, it doesn't go unknown that talking shit uses a lot of muscles. <laughs> Okay, so we were probably probably a lot more tired than the Springboks, if I if I do say so myself. No, nah, but it's all all good. All jokes aside, everything's all good. Getting amped. It is crunch time in the, in the World Cup, which is super exciting, super nervy as well at the same time. But yeah, glad glad we kind of uh, had a bit of a weekend off uh, with the nerves and and the box sort of taking a break and that. So now we can just go straight back into it, clear mind. Hopefully the players are well rested and and everyone's ready for this game because it's going to be a cracker. Bri, you say we had a weekend off. I played the, my first game of rugby that I've played in maybe a year and year and a bit on and how did that Saturday. Go? What position Terribly. did you play? terribly i actually played in the back row i know small uh, okay. and then moved into the second row in the second half when 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 you said terribly that emphasis on te i was like no fucking ways he played fly off no, <laughs> with those butterfingers no chance hands like feet and feet like feet too so there's no chance <laughs> in playing 10 but one thing i will say playing rugby in scotland in what when we're in october absolutely fucking pissing it down with rain i look like i've been sliding around and shit like it's the only way to put it it was terrible but good fun at the same time so that's my that's my one game for the year the one game for the season i only pitch up once once a season and that's me so there we go um but i think we should probably turn our attention to to some rugby of a a higher caliber steegs here's a question for you what do you think of the box turquoise kit? Because we are playing in the traditional green and gold this weekend, but social media just seems obsessed with chat about that blue kit. You know, the check is 60-60, Aquafresh. I've heard it all. Dude, I don't care, man. Like, honestly, it's just the kit at the end of the day. Like, we're going to wear it this year. We're going to get a new kit next year. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, we've... We've had some shocker kits. Other teams have had some shocker shocker kits, especially with club rugby. It's like, who cares, man? Like, I think it's a cool design. I think I, I saw a post a while back when it first started becoming a, a, a thing after the first time we actually played in it. Because I think everyone was had the same opinion that it was, it was a sick kit. Like, the color scheme was really dope and everything. But I think when we saw them playing in it, I don't know, it just doesn't translate um on on the tv screen it, it looks a bit weird and and the, the colors a bit a bit off like i know the whole reasoning behind it but um they did use the design and previous away kits even the red one and you know like um Bro, nothing a, will get one. as bad as that it was 2016 the red away kit oh it was terrible so it's like dude it's like it's just now because there's there's a pattern on it that it's like this is the worst one it's like no, mate, like if we change the color of that pattern, like to any, literally 
any other color, it would have looked nice. <laughs> but I don't think it looks that bad, man. I think it's just like, ah, dude, get over it. You know what I mean? It's r- rugby at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if the Oaks are playing in tutus. You know what I mean? They're flipping beasts and they're going to perform well. So it's like a kid's really nothing we should be fussed about when, you know, we've got quarterfinals coming up and shit like that. Who cares, man? I don't mind it. I actually quite like it controversially, but I do think what you say is quite true. It looks better like in person on a training pitch rather than on TV. But the other thing is I think the, I think it was the third kit that we played against Ireland in with like the blue trimmings. I really like that. That that that. That is a really good kit, slightly understated, still a bit of color looks really good. Um, but apparently this weekend, the box playing green and gold, but, the I think it's French... only Fiji that plays in their away colors. Everyone's but the playing French are playing in dark blue. I know. So I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand the logic because the logic was that you know you got to go for different tones and that for the the colorblind, the colorblind. people like your like yourself like yourself we do respect <laughs> colorblind people. Dude, I'm only a little bit colorblind. <laughs> in case in case no one no one knows this, but Scott is colorblind. So yeah, I think that's why he's moaning about the the French team playing in home and we it's playing only, in home. I'm only know slightly colorblind, and actually I've grown out of it. Um, I think my partner You've found out, out of it. I think my partner found out she's colorblind the other day because her and her her and her family and I were we were all sitting around and she called something blue and we we're like nah. <laughs> she called something green and it was blue and we we're like you're you're joking right? And she was like nah, it is. But wasn't what wasn't yours always the red and the oranges? Oh, reds and oranges are a touch and go for me. Oh well, then you guys are a perfect couple. You guys are gonna fuck up any We can, we can tell the other person that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But now you understand, bro. When we're in high school and you tune me that, hey, bro, that's red, and I'm just like, no, dude, that's orange. Are you mad? Now you know what it's like, bro. But like color blindness, you can kind of make fun of. Because it's like, you're not blind. Yeah, you're not like, blind. You're not fully you know, blind, you know what so I mean? it's okay. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> ah, come on, guys. It's worse. But the other thing I think is, if you're if you're wearing a dark strip but light shorts or vice versa, it's okay. Like, yeah. it should be fine. So I just think they're, um, I think props to World Rugby and trying to be inclusive and stuff, but I want some questions answered as to why we had to wear an alternate kit. Yeah. Where yeah, the French but yeah, classic, dog. classic uh, world rugby with uh, inconsistencies. <laughs> now, talking of social media, Bok fans seem like they were already criticizing the ref, right? So, world rugby announced the refs this weekend. It's going to be Ben O'Keefe, and the interesting thing is, we've only lost one game where Ben O'Keefe's been officiating under Rossi and Jacques. I think we've technically lost two out of nine something like that but the other one was in 2016 when Alistair Katia was in in charge so we will just disregard that the only game that he, we've lost under Rustin Jock with him being ref is obviously that Ireland game I'm actually quite happy with him as the ref I don't know what your thoughts are Steegs what you thought when you saw the announcement yeah no I'd, I'd look at there's, there's a lot worse refs that that we could have been stuck with um and I think in the past it's it's definitely hurt us but I don't know I just don't think you know what? I I think the last time, even even last year, there was a there was a few dodgy calls and stuff. But I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't think it's as bad as it has been in the past. You know, we we've definitely had some tours in that where the Springboks is 
it's a bit dodgy, you know, to to a certain degree where a certain video gets accidentally um, exposed, um, you know. But I think, you know what, I think that that was one of the best moves Rossi could have ever done was literally just lay into the referee about everything. And he, he plain and simply has just, you know, saved face in in the in the last um, few years he has been so kind to the refs and built that like you know relationship after he said what he said you know what i mean as opposed to not saying anything and then the refs just go on now it's like the refs the refs sort of know that it's like no like come on like don't don't give shit shit calls and stuff like that but at the same time, I don't know. He's sort of building the relationship with the refs. So I think I think we're in a pretty good good space with the refs. I don't think it's as as bad as it has been, um, you know, in the past and that with, you know, dodgy calls and stuff like that. And I think the main thing is we just need to continue being a disciplined team. You know, the only team to not get a card in this very, very controversial World Cup with the new rules and that, you know, like, cards are i think it's i think we we were like a third way or like two thirds of the way through the world cup and we already had more um, cards given than the the previous world cup so it's it's you know in a world cup where there's a lot of cards being given out we haven't been receiving a lot so it's it says a lot about our discipline i wonder if that's got something to do with us now playing in europe because we know what the southern hemisphere refs are like we know what the kiwis and the aussies are like but we've now had we've now had a good we've been exposed to English refs, we've been exposed to Welsh refs, Irish refs, Scottish refs. So you get to learn. And I mean, you look at the hashtag Stormer Pod, but if you look at the Stormers game against Connor in it, I think it might have been 2022. It might have been the start of the 2022 season. But I always say you need to, as a player, you need to learn how the ref is refing the game because there's so many laws in rugby. Everybody's going to interpret them slightly differently. So if you can learn what that ref's interpretation of the laws are, you're grand and you're you're going to be fine for, for the rest of the game. So they kind of almost need to learn on the spin. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this goes. The other thing that I wanted to pull out of social media from this week, have you seen Rossi's tweet? Uh, which 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 one is it? There's been so there's been so many. <laughs> Mate, keep up with he, this he he tweeted saying, see, so tweeted like a a gif of like a raining sky and some benches in a park, and his caption had no words. All it said is eight plus zero, seven plus one, six plus two, and five plus three equal eight. Four plus four with a thinking emoji. Oh my god! I mean, he's not going to do it, but he's dead. <laughs> like. Mate, he's what are you like? You know what? It's all mind games, bro. That's you know what? Like Rossi is this feels like a bloody boxing match, bro. It's like with all these mind games and tricks that he does, it's just he's brilliant, man. He's a genius. Dude, I think Rossi's playing chess while we're playing checkers. That that's that's how Always. I think of things, to be honest. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I highly doubt he's gonna do that because if he did, it would be. It would be nuts. Looking at this weekend, where do you think the game's going to be won or lost, Steaks? What what concerns you about either the box or what concerns you about what they're going to be coming up against this weekend against the French? Jeez. You know, I, I think I think just the the main thing to start off is just really 
being being aggressive, obviously, just sticking to our game plan and that, but just shutting them down, shutting that space down and, and not letting them get their tails up. Because if if they just just get that little sniff, you know, and that crowd goes wild, that is going to be a, a habitat that is not suited for a springbok, you know what I mean? And it's it's going to be so rough and we just we we can't we can't let that happen you know we've got to play a tight game we've got to keep um the scoreboard ticking which is the the main thing which we will uh, get into our our pick uh, 23 pick but yeah I, I think they just need to they they can't let them get their heads up and and play that white ball and and you know just just the way that they've been playing so freely in this world cup has just been unreal to see you know the their wingers as well um the the finishing that they've been doing we just need to play our, our stick to our normal game plan and just you know hammer them, hammer them, and we just can't we can't start off slow because um, you know even you, you take a look at New Zealand starting off very quick against them, France just controlled that game from there and then they dictated what happens and we've just got to do that to them you know we've got to start like we don't necessarily have to score three tries in the first twenty minutes but we we, we have to control that ball and control the game from the get-go and just not let them get a sniff. If they're on their attack, just defend, defend, defend. And every single hit needs to be a hit with purpose and they just can't get past that gain line. They've got to just feel deflated. Kind of like what Ireland did to Scotland. I see you sort of dodged that uh, that uh, topic quite nicely. <laughs> Listen, Scotland, unlike you, Scotland are my second team. I was unhappy with the result. I was really hoping Scotland were going to do them by eight um, because we wouldn't have had to meet them later on. But to, to be the best, you've got to be the beat the best. And unfortunately, the Springboks haven't done that yet and neither of Scotland, but it's okay. It's fine. It's um, fine. Finn Russell is well, already playing with, or back to training with Bath. And I, always, I think it must be so shit to leave during the pool stages because you don't even have the excuse that you played in a quarterfinal or a semifinal or a final at a World Cup. You don't get, I don't think you get as many weeks off. It's all like straight back into preseason. Mate, mate, they they should have all the excuses that they can get. That that was basically like two, a quarterfinal, a semifinal, everything, having to play, you know, the, the um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, are Springboks number three in the world at the moment? Yeah, we were number two when we played Ireland. Maybe it is. But yeah, no, nah, they 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 are very justified to, you know, having played number one and at the time we're number two and we played Scotland as well. So um fair enough to them, mate. One of the things that I was thinking about was if you cast your mind back to the pod we did after the Ireland game, do you remember when I asked the question, why did we not more more? Why were we going for the posts and why did we start going for the for the line at the end? Like we didn't maul, and uh, it, it's not so much that we didn't maul that much, it's that we didn't maul very cleverly during the Ireland game. If you think about that game against the All Blacks, where you had those lovely looping, loop around plays around the front of the line out and all that stuff, I think Rossi and Shark have been holding back their main line out moves or their main maul moves and that kind of stuff for the quarters, the semis, and the finals. I think they've they they they've definitely got something up their sleeve, and I think if the box can, we need to tire out the the French forwards, and we need to be disciplined. If we can do that, I think we can win, right? I think we can do it. Now, before we get on to our twenty three, 
and I want to ask this: What split have you gone for on your bench for your twenty-three? I've I've played it, um, you know, simple, going based off uh, current situations, and I've just gone six-two, man. I haven't done the seven-one. Okay, fine. I thought you were going to say five-three there, because interestingly oh. enough, last year when we played the French, we went five-three on the bench, and they went six-two. And we absolutely monstered their pack and monstered their pack with seven forwards because Peter Steftensoy got a red card in the first six minutes. So I'm, I'm almost interested to see as to whether or not Jacques and Ru- I think Jacques and Rossi might fully go 5-3 again, given last year's experience. I don't know. I, I hope I'd they prefer go 6-2, six two, mate. I hope they go 6-2 because I want as many forwards coming on and knocking those bastards down as possible. <laughs> Right, so should we get into that type five? I'm assuming we're going to have quite a similar type five. So who have you got yeah. one one through five? Stephen Kitsoff, Bongi, France, Urban, and Franco. Nice. And then I'm interested to see back back row. Who have you got? Six, seven, and eight? Six and seven, are, we should have the same. Sia and uh, Peter Steph. Peter Steph, yeah. Now eight's where eight, it's going to be interesting. Eight, eight, we'll say it at the same time. I don't know how this is going to work over Zoom, but okay, right. let's go. Three, Three two, two, one. Dwayne Nealon. Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. We're on the same page. But right. why for Mullen over Visa? I think for Mullen's the calm ahead. He's more of a leader on the pitch. His line-out ability and mole ability will come in clutch. And also, I think if you're going to have Jasper Visa coming on, have him come off the bench. Fumilan hasn't got as much of an impact off the bench. There's no use in having him come off the bench. He's an older head. I just also think he's so much better over the ball. And if we're playing Bongi to start, I think we need an out-and-out fetcher in the back row. Sia's good over the ball. Peter Steftoy has his days. Steven Kitzloff has his days. But Dwayne Vermeulen at Nat Fetcher. That that was kind of my thought pattern on it. Okay. Okay. I like to hear it. Obviously, nine. I think we Fuck. can both agree Fuff de Clark. Number yeah. 10 is going to be another interesting one. We'll do on three, two, one. Three, two, one. Pollard. Andre Pollard. Hey, there we go, bro. Why? I just think, and this is going to give away maybe who I have on the bench. But um, I think, look, uh, if if you're going to start someone in a game like this, we're not necessarily the best team chasing a game the whole time. And scoreboard pressure is going to be so huge, especially if we stay disciplined and we get any opportunity against the French with that just like rugged rugby that we play. We're going to put them under pressure, put them under pressure, and they're just going to give up penalties and we need to get that scoreboard ticking. Um, I think that's the first 40 minutes. We need to slot over a few penalties. If we can get a try or two, then fuck, that's amazing. But to set a good foundation of some really solid kicking, I think, yeah, Pollard, Pollard just brings his general great gameplay. It's very solid in the beginning of the game when we need it to be tight, aggressive, and showing that, um, you know, bit of a uh, bit of oomph with the forwards and that and putting them on the on the back foot in in the sense of the forwards crash balls and you know just sticking to pretty pretty simple structure i mean look at he's he's we still have the back line that can do dangerous things you know it's not marnie libok but um we can we can still work with that back line and we've got amazing finishes at the end of the day on the wings and fullback and everyone to to finish tries and that you know but uh yeah i think just his 
kicking in general, it's just something you can't risk um, having him on the bench playing, you know, last 20 minutes, which would be good, but oh, I'd rather have him in 50 minutes. The other thing I was going to mention is everybody kept saying that Andre Pollard played 30 minutes before he came back to the box. I think he played 10 minutes, got a yellow card, <laughs> and then played like another 10 or something like that. So actually, he didn't play a full 30. He only played 60 against Tonga. Monia Lubok goes off injured in the first five minutes. You do not want Andre Pollard playing at 10 for 75 yeah. minutes, right? Yeah. But if Andre pulls a hammy, Andre slots cramping up in the 50th, 55th minute, bringing Monia Lubok off the bench, yeah. you're actually okay. okay. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the box decides to do. Let's do centers and then back three. I'm interested to see. So I'm interested to see who you've got at 12 and 13, because I think I've been slightly, I've gone against what I've previously said at 12. Uh, Damien Delindy. Yeah, that's who I've gone yeah, for. I've, I've gone, I've gone him too. Usually um, I'd go Andre Estehazen, but I don't think Estehazen's had enough, enough minutes mm. in high intensity games. Yeah. And I don't mean, and that's, as we always say, no disrespect to Tonga and Romania. It's not quite the same as playing against uh, a Scotland or playing against yeah. Ireland. I think, I think, I think, just a lot of these players are are looking very similar to the last World Cup and everything, you know. And I think even if these, you know, quotes on quotes unquote um, second string players and guys that haven't had as much experience, even if they aren't the ones starting, which they very well could be, everyone is on the exact same level, you know, at the end of the day, um, even if they're not starting, I think they've done a, a fucking good job of making these starting players perform at an exceptional level because it's, it's really forced everyone to up their game. And if you're not on it, like it doesn't matter if you Damien Delindia, it doesn't matter if you um, Faf de Clark or, or anyone, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You will, you will be, outplayed and you will be not in the starting 20 um the match day 23 you know so i think they've done a good job but this is where everyone's in good form pretty much damien delindy's been playing really well and he's just got that edge on the experience and that cool headedness and at the end of the day he's a bulldozer man he does he does get those meters yeah absolutely now 13 i was torn here man i was so torn let's do a countdown I think we've got somebody different. I know. I, I, I'll be. I'll be surprised if we've gone gone the same year. Three, Three two, two, one. Creel, can your arm? Oh, I've gone for arm. <laughs> I've gone for arm, mate. Oh, I, I'm like I say, I'm so torn. If Lucanio arm is 20, 2019, 2021 Lucanio arm, I'd have him in in a heartbeat, right? He's not been as good this year, if we're being blunt. They say he was playing with a knee niggle the entirety of this year, though. So even against even against the All Blacks at Mount Smart, he was carrying a knee niggle. It just got so bad he couldn't continue playing. I just don't know if his match fitness is going to be good enough. And if you go 6-2 on the bench, you can't have a player who is a bit 50-50. Yeah, I do. I do understand that. I do get that. I think. I think. Look here. In between, um, Kane and Moody and and Creel, you've you've got to go for Creel. You know, he's he. Yeah. The, the experience is just gonna 
put it's just so much you know i think with regards to Lukanya um i i just i just back him man i think i think the coaches won't play him and and wouldn't have brought him in if he wasn't ready you know what i mean and at the end of the day as much as he had been playing with the niggle and um if it, if it is good if it is good now he's had more than enough minutes this year you know people are saying oh he, he hasn't played enough and and stuff like that. Well, of course he has of course he has he got injured just before the the warm up games and that you know he's he's played a lot of rugby but i think even you know what he's just one of those players where even if he's not in his at his best which is an exceptionally high level he's still really decent and he he, he just brings that that extra mind in the back line and on, and on the field, you know, seeing things that people don't see, you know, I would say he's a, he's a, he's, he's almost like the Lionel Messi of flipping Springboks. You know what I mean? Like he just, he just sees things on the field. He, he might not be a part of the play. He might not be, um, you know, but, but he's, he's ushering people here or he's, or he's doing something like that that doesn't get known unless you, Bloody watch! Um, I can't remember that flipping YouTube channel that bloody breaks all the shit down. Squid and... rugby, yeah, squid rugby. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, I I think yeah. Look, yeah, if he's healthy and he's fit, I seriously back him to come in the side. He's got something to prove. And if he is fully fit, then I d- I don't see a bad performance from him. And this is why I think the box might go five three. I think they might have. Scrum half, whoever they choose, Monty Lubbock or Andre Pollard, and then Lukanyam. You know what? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know because it's it's not um it's not a game where you just want to give a guy minutes. You know what I mean? Like if it's not gonna be our game plan, you know, if we if we're gonna do six two and we're gonna run it up with the forwards a lot and we want that bomb squad coming off. In my opinion, it's just not worth even. Then, what what was the point of even bringing bringing Lacanio arm? Because you're not going to play him on the bench on a six-two split. No, nah, but you would play him on the. You, you would have him then start in the semi, wouldn't you? I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure. I think I think he's. I, well, mm, I, I think he might start. I think he might start if he's fit. If he's fit and his name's there, I'm not going to be angry about it. Like you know what I mean. Like you're not going to. Yeah be unhappy i'd be more unhappy if they started pollard went six two and then had somebody like philly larue on the bench yes with, like Jeez. and drop molly lubbock because i don't oh, think lubbock deserves deserves to be in the stands back three i've gone for damien villam set 15 because i think he's he's now got a firm hold of that 15 shirt i've got cheslin colby and then on the other side i've gone for Kanan moody oh i went curtly aronser the only reason I've done that is I think once again, Jesse Creel or Lakanyam, if you go six two, Jesse Creel or Lakanyam get injured, who plays thirteen? Fair enough. Cause if you look at the depth chart on who's played thirteen this year, it's um, it's Creel and it's Kane and Moody. Those those are three. And then DLND played thirteen last year. I think if they start if they start um, they start Kane and Moody. Yeah, because they they'll need thirteen cover, just yeah. for in cases. Yeah, hundred percent. But man, Kurtley Aronson can't go wrong with it. Bro, this is the thing. Like, 
Like, like he hasn't had a bad game. He hasn't. Caden Moody's had some ah, games after that one game that he played. But well, after, um, de- um, defensively, he's been found out on one or two games, but he's yeah. playing 13. Yeah. So it's quite difficult to say, oh, well, he's been found out. He's not. Because when you're playing 13 versus wing, when you're playing in that same position and you're, you're essentially usually the last line of defense, you're the most important defender in the back line, it's quite difficult to adapt to that. Oh man, yeah. I think that whole thirteen debate will be be quite interesting to see. Bench wise, I've gone for a pretty normal or pretty standard front row. I've gone for Dion Free, Oxen Chair, and Trevor Nyakane. Same as you. Yeah, spot on. I've gone for two locks and one loose forward. I've gone Jean Klein, RG Snaim, and Quaha Smith. Oh, dude, bang on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> And then on the bench, I think your your reserve scrum half might be different to mine. I've gone for Kurvis Reinach. Did you go Grant Williams? I did go. I was really <laughs> thinking of Kurvis Reinach. I really was thinking, but I was just like, man, dude, Grant Williams is just he is he is brilliant. He is good. He's really good. And and him on the wing as well. If he needs to, you know, go on the wing or or there needs to be cover or something like that, like he can do it so easily yeah but so can Corbis is the thing I don't know I think flipping Grant Williams blitz eh? I like Grant Williams I like Corbis Reinach is absolutely rapid too no I know but Grant Williams come on mate (laughs) I love I think Grant Williams is class I think Grant Williams is somebody for the future but I just think that Corbis Reinach has been in the the setup a little bit longer I I was torn. I was torn. I was probably, you know, I I really like Grant Williams, but um, I was really thinking of Corvus as well. Yeah. And then finally, I'm assuming your 23rd man will be none other than the maestro himself, Marnie Lubbock. Of course. Of course. I think, like I say, getting that scoreboard pressure, getting points on the board, ticking the ball over. And then, man, when you bring on that Marnie, that fresh Marnie Lubbock, there's pressure on him now because... No, I think he needs the pressure. I don't think yeah. he had enough pressure. Yeah. You know? There's no second choice kicker or anything like that. There's not enough pressure on the board. You put a flipping Pollard in, kicking 100%. Look what bloody um, Marnie does as soon as he comes off. That first kick, that first kick, for <laughs> fact, I knew for a fact he was going to get it over. Yeah, that's the thing. I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I saw something earlier that was like, the Springboks have had this quarterfinal in mind for a lot longer than anybody else because for how long have we announced our team on a Tuesday if we're playing on a Saturday or a Wednesday if we're playing on a Sunday and now quarterfinal comes around. No, 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 no. Not how it's going to happen. <laughs> that was my best French know, no. Mind games. They've, they've the just mind gone, games. yeah, we're going to announce it on Friday afternoon after... France announced their squad, and what 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 amazed me was Rusty Rasmus said that they would they would decide who played against France when they saw the French selection. Now I don't know if he's talking shit and he's just playing mind games again. But if that's the case, can you imagine being those bottom players at the moment going might be playing on Sunday, might not? Bro, you know what? He he plays mind games with us, and I don't like it as much as it's against the other team. He's like, dude, I'm falling for the same mind games as well, bro, and I'm losing, dude. I'm losing. I'm drained. 
I am like, dude, I'm gonna need a, I am gonna need a holiday after this World <laughs> Cup. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Speaking of World Cups, bro. Speaking of World Cups, I just like to say this is a rugby podcast. But for the first time that I've given a shit about cricket, <laughs> by the way, after the, last, yes. after the last dismal performance at a World Cup, and I said, Two wins in I a row, said, boys. Two wins in a row. Bro. Listen, yeah, bro. That those terrible years with the Springboks. I did not fault. I was I was a proud Springbok fan through and through. And when we started winning, I was like, you know what? I never hated on the Springboks in that time. I was angry, but I never hated on them. And I, I never chucked my jersey in a bri or anything like that. But let me tell you something. They win World Cups, okay? The Proteas get knocked out in the rounds, in the pool stages, in the last World Cup. Nah, dude. You can, you can get my support when you win a World Cup, man. <laughs> but they played, they played well, bro. Smash Sri Lanka. Just saw they absolutely hammered Australia after beating them in the series. Oh, you never know, bro. Imagine a... And the heavy underdogs. Heavy underdogs. <laughs> yeah, unsurprising. I think, I, think, I think this is the first World Cup. The Proteas have gone to the World Cup and they're just not talked about at all. Yeah, and it's probably not a bad thing. Oh, it's a brilliant thing. Imagine we won rugby and cricket in the same year. Right, here you go. Which would you rather? Oh, rugby or... Oh, I don't know, actually. (laughs) It would be a pretty special day if the Proteas finally broke the curse and won a World Cup, mate. It would be pretty special. But I think rugby just does so much more and there's just so much more energy behind it. Cricket can get fucked. (laughs) Yeah. I like look here, dude. To be fair, remember in high school and in the 2015 Cricket World Cup when we were bunking class and shit like that (laughs) to watch the cricket, bro. Like, dude, come on, bro. Like, no one gives a shit until we're in the knockouts. And if we're in the semis, then everyone's gonna be like, oh shit, like we can watch the (laughs) coaches. Where did these guys come um, from? You know what, bro? You know what? Rugby World Cup, I will say it was it was a tough question, but rugby world cup and Cricket's there just to have fun and go get hammered at the stadium. Listen, if we lose the Rugby World Cup, if we if we don't make it through to the final, if we lose the final, and the Proteas win, we can become a cricket podcast for for a few weeks to, to let Ooh. the let we'll, let we'll the a, <laughs> let the injuries special, heal. <laughs> a special um a, a special cricket episode. <laughs> uh, talking about um other South African teams playing. Special mention to the Springbok ladies who take on Scotland in the WXV2 tournament. That's happening on Friday afternoon, actually. I think it's midday. I think it might be 3 o'clock UK time, 2 o'clock South African time in Stellenbosch. If you can, head down to support. And if you can't go down, then just, I don't know, skip work. Put it on while you work. The more eyes we can get on the game, the better. So, yeah, if you can, head down to Stellies and, uh, and, and support the ladies. I think... They're slight underdogs, but I think they can do it. Home ground advantage. Now, looking ahead to this weekend, Mr. Hall, weekend's fixtures at the World Cup. Wales v. Argentina. Oh, uh, Wales. You, you think Wales? I think, I Wales, think Wales, man. Too. Argentina's oh, Argentina's been very Bro, disappointing. What has happened road. to them this year? Just sizzled out. They started off so well, and they just yeah. sizzled out when it came to the World Cup. Got humped by New Zealand in the first game. They then lost to. They then beat Australia in Australia, but now we know that's because Australia's shit. And then 
lost us both home and away. Although that set that first game against us, they seem to turn up. So yeah, man, I was disappointed. Know. But I think I think Wales. I I I think I think Wales notch notch that one off, man. They just they just seem to be a team where even if they're not the best, they always manage to or like dude, pretty consistently make semi-finals or really make a good run for a semi-final. You know, they 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 do really well and they're they're pretty decent World Cup team, you know. So I think yeah. they do not it's it's a bit of an easier semi-final if I do say so myself. <laughs> if all four this draw if all is four, so unfair. Mate, mate, if if outside of the pools and outside of the quarterfinals, if we just each played one other team on the other side. I think we'd all fucking hammer them. Dude, I got so pissed off during the week because there's so much on the in the media up in the UK at the moment about how all the all of the pools were topped by um northern hemisphere teams. And I was like, Yeah, because the draw was fucking one sided. If this was any other World Cup, you'd have two teams topping the one one set of pools. And you have two southern hemisphere teams topping the other set of pools. So yeah. don't it's all, you know what? Shit. New Zealand, New Zealand set the tone, bro. They lost the first game to France. So we're like, I bet. Like we all come second. <laughs> we all hammer the northern hemisphere teams. And then it's Southern Hemisphere semifinals. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's what we want. Uh look at the other semifinal happening on that's on Saturday evening. Your favorite team. Ireland taking on the Kiwis. Mate, I think I know who you're going for. That is going to be such a good game. That is going to be such a good game. Um, dude, you know what? My heart says says Ireland, um, but I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, as much of a walkover as maybe some people are thinking in that, you know, just so confident in Ireland. But you know what? I do think just... Yeah, I, I think they get through. I, I think they do. I think this is the first time they're going to go to the semifinals. And I don't think it's due to lack of effort from New Zealand. They've really got a lot to play for. They've, they're out for for blood, for Irish blood. You know, they've lost the, I think, what, the last three out of four games against yeah, Ireland. First, losing first, home series. Team, first team they've ever lost a home series to. Mate, mate, that is like unbelievable and i think new zealand's definitely after that first game which wasn't a shabby game against france i think they've just gotten better and better and they are they they scary man but i don't know i just think i think if we played them in the quarters it could have got really truly gone either way i think we played each other twice this year already who knows sort of thing but i i think i think ireland's gonna gonna get the job done i'm gonna say this just this year all blacks by 10 that's fine, bro. Scotland bloody Finn Russell's is back in England, bro. So <laughs> Yeah, yes. Shut up. Um yeah, I I, ge- I genuinely think Ireland should win. If you look at it on paper, they should win. I don't know if Joe Schmidt being in the coaching box, because they've not met since Joe Schmidt and James Ryan took over. And the All Blacks have been better since. And Joe Schmidt was obviously the previous Irish coach. He has got so much IP on those Irish players. Mm-hmm. And I think that might Fair make enough. a really big difference. Oof. I it, it's gonna your it's gonna be so good. I I think I think that is the game of the weekend. You know, like don't get me wrong, France and Springboks is an unbelievable game. But oh, I just think with the history, Joe Smith there, like 
you know, like all of the island in New Zealand. Good. You know, it's, oh, bro, there's just like, there's so much. Obviously, the World Cup is more than enough to play for, but I think there's just so much more of a storyline in, um, in, in those two teams that that game is, is going to be unreal, man. Unreal. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was supposed to go to my to my girlfriend's, um, you know, friend's birthday thing and was wine tasting and everything. I was like, bloody hell, bro, they better not make me miss miss this <laughs> a New Zealand Island game. I'm already thinking, man, like what what uh, I'm gonna have to pull up sick or you know, be blackout drunk in inverted commas and get dropped off. Uh, <laughs> take me home. <laughs> I've ordered an Uber, I think I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, we're, we're we're good to go, man. Watching the rugby, mate. Yeah, that's I always forward plan based around the rugby. That's that's kind of how I do things. Then everybody's second team facing the the old foe. I say the old foe. Everybody's old foe. England, Fiji. Who do you think's got it? Oh, you know what? Um, first of all. Hats off to bloody Portugal for that last, that last game. Unreal. And it's it's the perfect scenario. You wanted to see Portugal get a win, but you didn't want to see Australia yeah. go through. And it was literally like at the depth of the game, Portugal come and score. Like, unreal, man. Unreal. But yeah, I think, oh, I think that was a, was a little bit of damage to, to Fiji's hot run. Um, but also England against Samoa. Not very convincing at all. Not very convincing. I think, I, I, I think England, England notch it off. Unfortunately, I think they just get past Fiji. But I, I don't think it's a, it's a bloody. I think it's an entertaining game, but I don't think it's two teams that are on the top of their game, top form, and you know what I mean. I don't think it's one of those games. But I think England just just notch them over. That I will be, I will be so pissed off. If England make it through to the final, oh, I don't think it's going to happen. But I would be raging. Oh, oh, yeah, we play. We play. If England we win, would, we would. We play England. We would play England in the semis. Who have never beat us in a World Cup, by the way. I'd rather let them make the final, having beaten France, than having beaten South Africa. Because if they make it beating France, I'm like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? It's not ideal, but. My goodness, if they do it beating us in the semis, you're I will never hear the end of it. My bro. Genuinely. I don't I don't ever oh no man. Don't don't even take me to a dark place like that. <laughs> I might act like I actually don't, don't like rugby anymore. Yeah, mate. Um yeah, we might just turn it into a cricket pod. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally the one that we're most personally invested into, or invested in rather, Slavka France. The hosts of the 2023 World Cup playing hey. the world champions. Oh, it's it's gonna be such a good game. It's gonna be so of tight. Of course, I'm gonna say Springboks all the way. Um, but man, I think it's gonna be five points, five points at most. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's I, so I, close. I think it's such a tight game. Yeah, this is the thing. I think I've got a bit of false false confidence from that game and last year actually where we only lost by three points was it something like that when we had 14 players on the pitch for like 75 minutes i think they lost antoine dupont in the 65th so yeah i think it's going to be oh it's going to be it's going to be 
Colossal. I'm buzzing, man. I'm buzzing. I'm nervous, but it's like buzzing nerves, dude. It's it's excites. It's exciting nerves. You know what I mean? It's it's crunch time now. It's not. We haven't been knocked out of the pool stages because of points and this team losing and point, you know, head to head point difference or whatever. That would have been shit. Okay. Yeah. Now it's you know what? We're playing France. If we lose against France, we've lost to a pretty damn good team. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it it is what it is. We lick our wounds. We we move on, you know. But oh man, anyone but England. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ABE, anyone but England. It's yeah. That you're you're starting to sound like a Scotsman. I'll get there. I'll get there one day. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of the South Pod. Do head over to our socials and give us a like or a follow. We'll be back next week to review what we hope is a big win for the box. We'll see you then.